Grace, mercy, and the peace of God, our Father, and the faithful one, Jesus, be with us this day. Amen. Today, as we continue in our series about greater than, looking in the book of Hebrews at comparisons, we get to talk about Moses. Lori did a good job touching on that in our youth message, talking about Jesus better or greater than Moses. Good setup for today. One thing that we value in our lives is integrity, right? I think generally people like to see integrity in leaders, in people they admire, in role models. And so integrity is important to us, whether we cannot, you know, sit down and put it on the list as f- toward the top or not, we do like it. We like it when people do what they say they're going to do. I mean, the opposite is hypocrisy, um, and nobody tends to like that very much. Faith is a belief or a trust in God or anything, honestly, as we talk about the, the general meaning of faith. That can be faith in science. It can be faith in a, a certain leader, but f- In this context, we'll talk about faith in God in particular, of course. Faithfulness is a loyalty, a steadfastness, a devotion toward. And so today as we talk about faith, well, we're meaning faithfulness, which should follow faith anyway, right? I mean, if we have faith, then faithfulness ought to follow that faith. Tracking with that? Like we confess faith in God, then how's our faithfulness in our lives? Faith is important. Faithfulness is important. And Moses is identified as one who was faithful in all God's house here in Hebrews chapter 3. Verse 2 says this, Jesus was faithful to him who appointed him just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Of all the people, Moses was faithful. He trusted the Lord. To review some of the story of Moses, we don't have time in this context to talk about everything we know about Moses because that spans chapters, many chapters. The book of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, right? Deuteronomy, that's still Moses. Like, that's a whole big chunk of the Old Testament. But Moses was called to this leadership position among God's people in Exodus chapter 3. Backing up in the story, Moses was the one who was put in the basket and floated out on the river, right? Discovered by Pharaoh's daughter and raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Or to use the animated movie title, The Prince of Egypt, right? He had this life of luxury And yet he identified, knew in himself that he was among the people who were living as slaves. Those were his people. And so roughly 40 years old, he saw a slave being mistreated, took matters into his own hands, and killed the guard that was mistreating the slave. When it seemed word was going to get out about that, he took off, went to Midian. And he was on Horeb, the mountain of God, when attending sheep of his father-in-law when the burning bush happened. 
and God talked to him from this burning bush that was not being consumed. We've seen images of wildfires, and all of that is being burned up and consumed. If we saw the fire and yet the bush, tree, vegetation in it was not burning up, that would be a curious sight. God spoke to him from the burning bush, called him to this position of leadership. He was reluctant, but he did it, right? He was faithful to God. He carried out God's plan. He went before Pharaoh. He interceded for Israel. He was faithful in what God had given him to do. Fast forward to Hebrews chapter 11, and it talks about in this great faith chapter, the Faith Hall of Fame chapter, as sometimes it's called. In verse 24, it says this, beginning in verse 24, by faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking for the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. Moses was the servant of God. A servant. And Hebrews chapter 3, back in chapter 3, where we're focused today, at verse 5 makes that distinction. Moses was faithful. So there's that word faithful again about Moses. Faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. A steward, a manager, a servant within the house of God. He's faithful as one who is subject to, answers to God. He received the law from God on Sinai. I mean, Moses is like, he's in the right place at the right time so many times to see the coolest stuff, right? The finger of God carving out the tablets of stone, the ones that he threw down because of the golden calf thing, right? The, the parting of the sea, the water from the rock, the manna, the quail, like all these things that Moses got to see. He led Israel through the wilderness as a witness to testify. So Hebrews 3 makes that distinction that these things that were happening were all like leading toward what was to come. The fulfillment of God's promise in and through Jesus to testify of, about what was yet to be. Moses was faithful, Hebrews 3 points out. The people are flighty. This past week, John Gruden resigned as the co- head coach from the Raiders over a trove of emails that were discovered from some time ago like a decade ago. And it was all about something going on with the Washington, used to be called Redskins, now Washington football team. Creative. Um, Right. So it was all because of something going on with that team, and there were emails to and from 
the coach of, now coach of the Raiders. I guess at that time he was working as an analyst. And I mean, I didn't read the whole story of it, but it was kind of, it was a shocking event. It was like, they're off to a good start this season. I mean, I can understand when a coach is no longer employed by a team because they're not winning any games. <laughs> but they were doing okay. And he was done. Over emails from 10 years ago, can you imagine? This is like the downside of the digital world we live in, right? There's a record of all this stuff. And I've heard that particularly like teachers or advisors talking to mostly students in high school, Gina, that everything you do online, all the pictures you post, all the you know, tweets that you do, it's all there someplace, even if you think you delete it. Coach Gruden's example is one of many, right? People who have gotten in trouble for tweets they did a long time ago. Things that they said maybe offhand, maybe not thinking, maybe not even really meaning it, but, you know, something off color or whatever, and it comes back. Why? Because in all of our lives, somewhere, maybe 10 years ago, in an email that was sent or a word that was spoken or a thought that we had, we were flighty. We weren't super faithful. And don't make this mistake as we talk about the faithfulness of Moses to put Moses on this pedestal of sinlessness. He wasn't. Moses had his problems just like we do. Like I mentioned, he killed an Egyptian guard. You know, and when they do that, like, word on the street kind of interview. If you were to die today, what would happen? And, you know, there are people who have the idea of God but don't have the knowledge and the understanding of God. And... It seems consistent that if they say, oh, this is something I've never done. It's I've never killed someone. Well, Moses did that. He was faithful? Yes. But he wasn't sinless. He fled the scene out to Midian. He argued with God about his calling. In the wilderness, when he was instructed to speak to a rock so that water would come out, he struck it with his staff. And that's why he didn't get to enter the promised land. And Moses probably, like all of us, had things that he said or thought or wanted to tweet, but Twitter wasn't there yet. Moses wasn't sinless. Israel rebelled in the wilderness. That's why Moses was in the wilderness to begin with, because Israel rebelled. Leading the people out from Egypt, they were supposed to go straight into the land. But they had some detours. They got to the edge of the land, and they sent the spies in, and the spies came back, and eight out of ten of them were like, uh, it's really awesome, but the people are huge. And the minority report, Caleb and Joshua, were like, yeah, but God's with us. Let's go. But the people said, no, we're afraid. We're worried. And so Moses and the rest of Israel got to wander the wilderness for 40 years. In Exodus chapter 17, they were thirsty. And that's where this rebellion episode that's mentioned here in Hebrews 3 to, uh, is described. They're thirsty. They need water. God who has provided and carried them and done all the things for them 
provides the water, but there's this tension in the air. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion to put me to the test. We grumble. We fall into temptation. Just like Israel did. Because faithfulness is easy inside, I was going to say four walls, but we have more than four, I think. However many walls this is. Easy inside this building. Easy inside this community. Easy on this property. Easy when we're talking to each other. Faithfulness is easier in contexts like these than it is in much of our lives. But maybe in the parking lot. Or maybe in the car as you're driving. Maybe in your house. Maybe at your job. Maybe with your neighbor. Faithfulness won't be so easy. Maybe there'll be a circumstance within an hour. Or maybe there's a thought that just keeps rolling over in your head already. Because faithfulness is hard for us. Our actions and attitudes don't always match our confession. And my confession is I've been just as flighty as everyone. We carry that human condition where we don't always carry out the things we're called to do. Because life is hard. But thanks be to God, Jesus was faithful. He was faithful as a builder. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 3 says this, Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. As much more glory as the builder of a house has more glory than the house itself. Maybe the name Frank Lloyd Wright is familiar. Why is it familiar? Because he designed homes. Some kind of cool stuff, right? Architecturally, that he designed. I mean, I, if I looked at a, uh, a lineup of homes, I wouldn't say, that's, that's definitely a Frank Lloyd Wright. But, I mean, that's not something I've studied. Maybe if you've studied that, you'd know. But the honor goes to the name, right? We know that name. We remember that name. Could you sketch a Frank Lloyd Wright house? You could? Oh, that's fantastic. You had one. You lived in one. Well, there you go. There's one in Main Street. What do I know? <laughs> I know the name. And I know the name because this designer, this person who, you know, had a lot to do with how the house was going to be is the one we remember generally, right? More than we remember the design of the house or what they look like. The honor goes to him even if that design is celebrated. And God is the builder of all things, building through Jesus. The one who's described as the author and perfecter of the faith can also be described as the architect of it the designer and the builder of the kingdom of God is Jesus himself. And so he's honored as the builder, but he's also faithful as son. Verse 6, Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house. 
if indeed we hold fast to our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Even more than the builder of the house, the son is the one who owns it. The heir. More than those who dwell there, the owner, the son, receives the honor and the glory and is the faithful one, faithful even to death on the cross. In our gospel reading for today from Mark chapter 10, Jesus, knowing what is to come, beginning of verse 33, says this, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and spit, spit on him and flog him and kill him. How would you like to know that about yourself, about your life, that that's where you're headed, right? Would you be faithful to that path? Would you walk that road? Would you go there? It wasn't always easy for Jesus, and he prays in the garden that if there's any other way. And the next day, he walked that road all the way to the end. That's faithfulness. Knowing that there's challenges. He didn't resign and go to live quietly the rest of his days somewhere, duck out of the spotlight to avoid the scrutiny and to not be a distraction, whatever the descriptive terminology for when one decides to step back maybe hoping not to face the music, as it's said. Instead, Jesus was faithful even to death on the cross, the ultimate example of faithfulness, carrying out the plan of God, interceding for Israel, taking what Moses did to a whole different level, exponentially different, faithful in all that God gave him to do, Philippians 2 describes it this way, obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So for us, we can hold on to confidence. Verse 14 from Hebrews 3. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold on to our original confidence firm to the end. Sometimes we need reminders of our, our confidence. We need to be reminded of the one who was faithful and his calling on our lives. Verse 7 is quoting Psalm 95, and it says this, Today, if you hear his voice. So today, hear the voice of Jesus. Jesus is the one who was faithful in everything, who looks at us and doesn't point out our misdeeds or places we've been unfaithful, but instead says to you, I love you. You are mine. I want you to be with me where I am. You are forgiven. Today, if you hear his voice, hear those words. Because a lot of times in our in our flightiness and our lack of faithfulness, we can 
hold on to those things and expect that Jesus is going to condemn those things and point those things out to us. And we can carry the shame and the guilt and the burden of that. Today, if you hear his voice, hear these words, you are forgiven. You are loved. You are a child of God through faith in Jesus, not because of our faithfulness, because of his faithfulness. He was faithful. Faithful in all things. And so God finds us faithful through our faith in him. So we can enter his rest by faith. We can enter into a faith relationship with the God of the universe through faith in Jesus, his son, through the forgiveness and love we receive. And we can live in confidence and live out that faith in faithfulness, knowing that we belong to the faithful one. Amen.